So as always, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the podcast. Kick back and relax. The force is strong and is with us always. And never forget. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Of this moment, the force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I will take the next chance. And the next time. You're all rebels, aren't you? You call the Jesse James. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Yo, the Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle cast. It's just me, the Bizzle, today, talking straight to you, the people who have been listening to me and supporting me, whether I knew you before or you're a new friend of the Bizzle cast or somewhere in between. I really appreciate it. And as I just passed my fourth anniversary, uh, without really marking it, because I'm not really into things like anniversaries, birthdays, and so forth, uh, you know, it, the there's really no reason to with plenty of content as much as I can deliver. Um, but it has been four years. And um, I felt like this was a good time to do a quickie because I'm going to Star Wars Celebration this weekend. But when I planned on going to Star Wars Celebration this weekend, almost a year ago, at that point, I was like really deep in the podcast thinking I might pursue it and try and like bring it to the next level, doing ad placements and marketing and, you know, trying to start like viral campaigns and stuff like that. And that was, you know, Star Wars was awesome and it's still awesome. And that's why I'm going and I'm still super pumped about it. Um, um, uh, you know, as I've mentioned in the past, and you can listen in past podcasts, I started this Bizzlecast on the strength of three things. Uh, two have to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, specifically falling in love with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, that becoming my favorite superhero movie that's not the Avengers, seeing what could be done in terms of genre expansion and comic books, and just falling in love with Chris Evans and him becoming my favorite superhero on screen, which I never saw coming. The second is very related, which was um, before I started, I started my podcast in the spring of 2015, right around Age of Ultron, which I love. I'm well on record of loving Age of Ultron. I love both the first two Joss Whedon Avengers movies. That's just me. Um, but I knew that Black Panther had been rumored, 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 rumored October 2014 with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans uh, leading up to the Wakanda reveal in uh, Age of Ultron. Then, of course, in Civil War with a huge role for Black Panther, they revealed Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther. But just as important or more important, and this was well before Lupita, Ryan Coogler, or Michael B. Jordan were involved. That came later and just justified my excitement about this amazing property. But even with just Chadwick Bozeman as T'Challa, that was going to be the central part of the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, basically. And, you know, one of the two major battlefields, you know, and arguably the best, coolest, and most important battlefield, final battlefield, in Infinity War. And whether we see a ton of Wakanda or not in Endgame, you know, Black Panther obviously is a giant part of their future. People love the Dormilaji. People love Shuri, his sister. Everyone's favorite character from the movie, you know. I think in some ways... 
um, uh, you know, the way uh, while everyone loves Ray, you know, some, some characters like Ahsoka from the cartoons are, are more people's favorite, even though slightly more low profile. I'm about to get to Star Wars Celebration and the fact that the third factor of me going into the Bizzle cast was The Force Awakens coming out, which I thought from the beginning because of J.J. Abrams and just having trust in the new version of Lucasfilm would be great. Um, I really liked it, but I didn't realize how much I loved it and how great I thought it was till, till a bit later. And then once I saw Rogue One, everything changed and it started, and as I started to have some comic book fatigue and just get super deep dive back into my true love from childhood, Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Chewie, um, and, and how spectacular Rogue One was and, you know, transporting me back to that time, feeling like I was seeing Empire Strikes Back in the theater experience I never thought I would get, fitting so perfectly with the original trilogy. And I have Rogue One at the top, but the top four movies in some order are Rogue One in the original trilogy. Um, and so, uh, you know, that got me deep into it. Plus, I love Kylo and Rey, and I like some of the other stuff that they're doing, uh, you know, for sure in the saga movies. But I am definitely, I love the solo movie. I love these anthology movies that fill in stuff leading up to the original trilogy. I guess I'm old school that way. Um, but um, but anyways, really quickly back to, to, to Marvel. I am extremely excited for this Avengers Endgame. The problem is, while I, I do look forward to Black Panther 2, also directed by Ryan Coogler, it's going to be amazing. We might even get a Shuri TV series or movie series at this point. She's so popular. In the comics, she becomes the Black Panther. She's much younger than Chadwick Boseman, who's already in his early to mid-40s. So I think the chances that Shuri, they were already probably thinking Shuri with Letitia Wright playing her would become the Black Panther. But now it's it's more than guaranteed. It's just a question of when, why, how, you know, how they frame it and, uh, and so forth and so on. But <clears throat> I'm on record, while I really have grown to like Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, specifically because of his amazing performance and just the awesome role Doctor Strange had in Infinity War. I was not crazy at all about his origin story movie. I, I was very, very, very disappointed. The only movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe I would say I was disappointed in was Guardians of the Galaxy 2, although I could see that coming, but the one I was really disappointed in was Thor Ragnarok, because I felt between the promised epic third Ragnarok, all-out cosmic crazy Thor, Taika Waititi who killed in Hunter the, Hunter the Wilder people and has a ton of dark hilarious comedies under his belt, and of course Chris Hemsworth um, and of course, you know, Tom, Tessa Thompson, Tom Hiddleston, etc, etc etc, they are all great, Mark Ruffalo Hulk was awesome as the Hulk, you know, one of the, my favorite parts of the probably my favorite of the movie was just that Hulk was in Hulk mode, and him and Valkyrie were buddies, it was a great cast everything was set up, but it was a little too Deadpool-y it was a little too self-aware mocking of the genre and um, uh, and then when you had a really just colorless, boring stock, you know, Lord of the Rings wannabe closing battle final sequence against an inept Cape Blanchett, which I was also not thrilled about. The Ragnarok was really the giant, the one giant disappointment of all the Marvel movies, and had me off, the, you know, had me off the wagon. But then we got Black Panther, and then we got Avengers, and. While I was very critical of the Captain Marvel movie and continue to think that while I'm happy the billion dollars and I'm happy people are liking it, 
I'm not sure it's as good as people have convinced themselves, but you can listen to me and Maddie G talk about that a little bit. It has nothing to do with Brie Larson, who I had been very, not very skeptical of. I was somewhat skeptical of because I just hadn't seen her in anything that I loved um, up to that point. But she was great as Captain Marvel, but the whole time having seen the Avengers trailer a million times and then the post credit sequence where we see her meet, you know, meeting the Avengers in the relatively the same time period as the tease at the end of the Avengers trailer with Thor and how sexy and cute that whole thing was, I couldn't help thinking she's going to be better in the team-up movie. Everyone's better in the team-up movies, and when this is all done, we'll have two fantastic, phenomenal Joss Whedon Avengers movies and two totally epic, off-the-wall, amazing, brilliant uh, uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, Russo brothers, uh, along with uh, Stephen McFeely and... and, um, Stephen uh, Marcus, is that his name? Um, uh, who have been writing all the Cat movies and now the Avengers movies. I have four spectacular Avengers movies. I love the team-up. I love Justice League way more than most people um, because of the team-up, even though it had so many problems and they should have pushed Wonder Woman forward and changed the color filter and blah, 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 blah. I could go on forever. I still liked it. And I really like the Defenders. I mean, I know the Defenders was flawed, but after re-watching JJ Season 1, the three, in watching the three seasons of Daredevil, actually liking Iron Fist Season 2, going back to one after Iron Fist Season 2, and were, I thought uh, Finn Jones and Jessica Henwick's great dual performance in The Defenders, and even thinking Season 1 wasn't that bad, but being able to tolerate it and like those characters, and I love Luke Cage, even though I haven't been super into either of his seasons, I can't even watch the new Jessica Jones, it's, it's many a problem. But those four, actually five, because Iron Fist is really the duo of Jessica Henwick and Finn Jones. And spoiler alert, at the end of Iron Fist Season 2, Finn Jones as Danny Rand, a.k.a. the Iron Fist, convinces Colleen Wing, played by Jessica Henwick, what we've all known the whole time. I can't believe they actually did it, where he said, I am a big dummy, and I can't be trusted with the Iron Fist. You have to take it. He has to beg her and show her through fighting over many episodes. But ultimately, she takes it. At the very end, we get the tease with her and the white katana and her iron fist is white. I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant. So you got to throw Joss Henwick in there. And of course, Claire Temple. I love the Defenders. There's a giant team of Misty Knight, Claire Temple, you know, even their friends, you know, Foggy and Karen and, and Rachel Taylor contributed in small ways. And, you know, Madam Gell on the one side and they got Stick and you will know whose side he's on. He's like, Loki, is he helping us? Is he hurting us? So I love, love, love the team ups. However, I specifically specifically love the original Avengers. Ruffalo, uh, <laughs> Jeremy Renner, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr. The only one who I think, be- partially because I want it to happen so badly, uh, the only one I think will survive or be reborn uh, it, because they just want to do more movies with him is Hemsworth. Because he's the youngest, he has the highest level of difficulty playing an insane character like Thor and making him fun and lovable and accessible. Those movies make a lot of money for how off the fucking wall they are. And he's gorgeous, he's so talented, he's amazing in drama and in comedy. He showed his dramatic chops in particular. I mean, his comedy, him and Peter Quill comparing dick sizes in Infinity War was entertaining, but his dramatic performance with Rocket where he finally admitted he failed, he had the eye patch on. I mean, Kemsworth is just awesome. If you saw the 2009 reboot of Star Trek where he plays uh, George Kirk, uh, you know, Jim Kirk's dad committing suicide to save his unborn son and wife uh, against Nero, who had come from the future, he, he, he can barely 
even recognize him. It's such an affecting and spectacular performance at the beginning, 10, 15 minutes of that movie and sets up the whole thing um, so he can just do anything. So I'm really hoping Thor stays because we still haven't gotten the end-to-end awesome Thor movie that I hate to say we deserve, but if we've been following Thor this whole time and we love him, we really want and really need. Um, And so I'm hoping that happens. But, you know, other than a Scarlett Johansson rated our prequel movie, maybe with Hawkeye, maybe not. We don't know. Um, You know, Scarlett Johansson is Black Widow. It's hard to know where everyone's going to be after this, but we know the Avengers will never be the same. Even if they all survive, they'll, they'll never be the same. It's like Luke, Han, and Leia in the aftermath of beating the Empire. They go their separate ways. Leia and Han can't stand each other, uh, except in small doses when they're totally in love. And Luke, you know, kind of goes nuts, tries to train an academy. Kylo Ren killed all the students, tried to kill him, destroyed the whole thing, and Luke goes crazy as we, as we see in The Last Jedi. Um, and so, uh, it, I, I just don't know where the Avengers are going to be. And I'm, you know, while I'm going to be crying and laughing with all y'all at the, uh, you know, Avengers, uh, I think on Friday and Sunday of opening weekend, couldn't get that Thursday night preview ticket, unfortunately. <clears throat> um, it's you know I'm gonna be laughing, crying. I'm gonna see it a million times, just like Ultron, because I love the second of the two you know pairs of the movies. Even though Infinity War and the original Avengers are both awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I, I really think I'm gonna like this one. It's super long. I love long epic movies. Lord of the Rings, Braveheart gladiator just get kingdom of heaven uh, uh, i mean all the ridley scott um the blade runner you know uh director's cuts which you have to watch with ridley scott i know we make fun of uh zack snyder the zack snyder cut because it's like a meme at this point you know everything has a zack snyder cut but really the ridley scott movies blade from blade Runner to kingdom of heaven and i would argue maybe even gladiator um you really have to watch the full cuts which are over three hours but it flies by because it's so epic and awesome to watch and experience. But once, you know, late May, early June rolls around, I've seen Avengers Endgame seven times in the theater. I've digested and talked about it on the podcast as much as possible. I'm very ready to go full back to Star Wars. So I'm going to Star Wars Celebration, baby. This will be released really early on Wednesday morning, like late, what's essentially late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. I'm not going to talk too much, but the bottom line is I just want to let you guys know that I know I took a few months off there. Now I've been releasing podcasts again. You guys have been downloading. Thank you. You know, my main two priorities obviously are Simi with um, Clone Wars commentaries, with Star Wars movies commentaries, with Star Wars news analysis, speculation, philosophizing, but we also do V for Vendetta and Harry Potter and, and you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, hopefully do Children of Men or uh, maybe we will do Hell or High Water. Uh, we're going to definitely do Doctor Strange, which is going to be a amazing now that i like dr strange a lot i want to go back and just ignore the annoying origin story parts and pick out as much of the teasing of the philosophy and the and the mystical aspects as possible to try and figure out exactly what he could have done to the green time stone that we clearly see that he fucks with and gives up a little too easily to thanos because he's fucked with it and he wants thanos to take it 
we have to see what he can truly do with it. We know he can use it to great effect to stop near, you know, near gods like Dormammu. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he do to the stone. I love Rachel McAdams. Even though the whitewashing of Tilda Swinton was unnecessary, and they should have just made Benedict Wong, who plays Wong, who is a very powerful music uh, magician, and ultimately he's having a much, much, much bigger role than he would have playing the Tilda Swinton role, even though it would have been more culturally appropriate. Nevertheless, Benedict Wong being very funny and cute, you know, in uh, in Doctor Strange, being great at the beginning of Infinity War as very comfortable best buddy, super powerful mage with Doctor Strange, but they've already planned this out, and there's a reason Strange got ashified, and we're going to find out that Benedict Wong, as Wong did not get ashified, he's almost as powerful as Doctor Strange, now that Doctor Strange doesn't have the time stone, they might be almost of equal power, I guess Strange always has to be the best, he's on the Illuminati, but Wong's right up there, so it ended up working out great, and uh, the biggest problem is Chiwetel Ejiofor, who is just one of those actors that's so charismatic when you let him go that you need to let him steal the movie. Either The Martian, in which, yes, Matt Damon was amazing and deserved to be nominated and maybe even win. He was awesome. I love The Martian. But it was really seen through the eyes of Chiwetel Ejiofor as the guy, the, 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 you know, the Mars director at NASA who was bridging NASA JPL, trying to save Matt Damon, you know, trying to get... Uh, you know, some assholes in the way, out of the way to, to save this guy um, and, you know, really do science with, uh, of all people, Benedict Wong. They're both in Dr. Strange. They're both the Martian. They're both way better in the Martian than they are in Dr. Strange. Um, and that, that'll be the thing. But it's going to be a super fun podcast. But after that, guys, you know, I mean, if you're listening to this, you know me, you know Star Wars is my first love. And... Even if the next phase of Marvel with Captain Marvel, the Guardians, uh, Doctor Strange, maybe Ant-Man, we'll see, is better than I'm thinking it's going to be. Just in terms of interesting me, it always looks good and there's never any major problems. But that's going to be a problem in itself. Lack of sloppiness can sometimes (laughs) be a sign of... I'm playing it too close to the vest. I prefer the Joss Whedon slash J.J. Abrams method of throwing huge amounts of shit at the wall and actually hitting 90%. So the 10% sloppiness, awkwardness, or stuff that doesn't hit, I will happily take, as opposed to a too tight movie, which is what all the recent cosmic movies, Doctor Strange, Guardians, Ammon, Captain Marvel, etc., have been suffering from to various uh, levels, all of which have been annoying me. And so without the Avengers, and with really only Wonder Woman, and interesting uh, me uh, in DC and because DC slash Warner Brothers does such a poor job managing its properties, even that I can't fully trust in. I'm excited to see Shazam, but guys I'm really kind of done with comic book movies for the moment and it's a great time to switch because between episode 9 which I think is going to blow away both 7 and 8, I think J.J. Abrams is going to get a solid A from me on this film, they're going to take Kylo to a new level, Ray is going to fuck up big time, become more complicated, she's not going to go evil guys and there's no Raylo happening, I don't know what the ultimate thing is if they're going to try and fake redeem him or not uh, but it's going to be an epic battle, it's also going to be close to 3 hours if not 3 hours which I pray it is because again love these long epic conclusions like return of the king you just need it you need all that stuff i need all that stuff and with disney plus launching we know the mandalorian is already wrapped so that is a guarantee 
day of release. In fact, The Mandalorian, you know, we know there's a Scarlet Witch series, maybe with Vision, supposedly. We know there's supposedly a Loki series. The only series, uh, you know, a major adult Game of Thrones budget and adult level series on the Disney Plus channel that I'm aware of is is even close to have wrapped production um, in Mandalorian is past wrapped production uh, is clearly going to be a launch title as we say with video games for Star Wars followed closely by the Clone Wars and then the Cassian Andor Rogue One prequel which I still can't believe is happening I prayed in my dreams that that Felicity Jones would get this exact opportunity to do uh, you know sort of Game of, um, Game of Thrones light uh, Rogue One prequel but honestly it's more interesting with Cassian. Hopefully, we'll get a quick, you know, Jim Felicity appearance cameo. But with K2 and Cassian, man, it's going to just be awesome. Diego Luna is the man. He's a brilliant actor. He's a brilliant guy. He's a humanitarian. He loves all people, but he's very serious about his liberal politics and helping people in need. It informs his character and the darkness he can bring to Cassian when he is the opposite of that person in real life in really every way. Just shows how brilliant he is. And so, the future of Star Wars, I'm excited. They're already starting pre-production, and maybe more by this fall for the Game of Thrones trilogy. So they've confirmed that it's actually a movie trilogy, and they're starting way ahead of schedule. I've been saying for years that despite the fact that Marvel's beat, other than Force Awakens, the fact that Marvel's beating... Star Wars regularly in the box office is not indicative of where it's going to be in two, three, five, or ten years. And I've been saying that over a five to ten year period, Star Wars has a better chance of keeping this going because it spans generations. It's a family thing. They're doing shows for all ages on all the channels and all the movies and the cartoons and the cartoons for the kids and the cartoons for the tweeners and the cartoons for the adults. And you can just keep exploring this universe. And when you hire the Game of Thrones people to do a trilogy, people are excited and then you know they're doing the old republic medieval you know old school jedi sith back in the day stuff that we all dreamed they would do but it seemed too obvious nope they're going as i always say the straightest path between two lines waters always water always flows to the uh, lowest point no matter what because of gravity and you might as well find the straightest point and you know what you hire medieval fantasy geniuses like benioff and weiss <laughs> the showrunners of Game of Thrones, who arguably, uh, not, you know, completely revolutionized, not really arguably, revolutionized television, created ginormous budgets, made tons of money around the world, completely overshadowed the books. Um, and the books are way incomplete. The show is so far past the books at this point. This has never happened before. This is uncharted territory. And for them to jump to Star Wars to do a trilogy already starting in pre-production, and they're doing the Old Republic from 3,000 years ago and the Jedi and the Sith. As you can tell, I am just so excited. So, uh, to finish this little announcement slash quickie off, I will just say that you can certainly look forward to more awesome video game podcasts with my guy Ethan, aka L underscore Fedorable. He's fantastic. Great impassioned analysis of what's going on in the video game world, which is important because it's one of the biggest industries, if not the biggest industry in entertainment, and is driving all sorts of tr- social tr- trends and technological trends and so forth. And we really get into corporate culture and ethics and so forth in our discussions as well as discussing the specific points and of course i will continue with simi (coughs) star wars commentary 
and occasionally a Marvel or just dark, you know, Tarantino movie or something like that. Um, probably have some special guests on here or there, um, but I am moving more into professionally doing this for other people. Um, I will be actually working in, starting with me and Ethan, having our uh, podcast be live video. So you will see me and Ethan talking to each other live on Twitch, and then will immediately be available on YouTube and maybe Facebook. I don't know if anyone even cares about Facebook at this point, but it'll be immediately, uh, it will, you know, still be on Twitch for free, and then it'll be on YouTube, and then I'll release the audio podcast, um, because I want to be, um, I want to be, I am on the process of working to produce other people's podcasts, because while I've had unprecedented support over the last, I don't know, 15, 16 months or so with my podcast, and it's awesome, and I I never want to stop it. I come from a music background. I come from a music production background. I come from a music, PR, business marketing background, and so... I want to bring that to the podcast industry because there's so many podcasts I love out there and a lot of them are really well produced and a lot of them realize you don't need a ton of production to make it sound good, but a lot of them could use a little bit of help and uh, I want to fill that niche of, of being a very affordable quick but efficient solution um, to help people reach the full potential of their podcast who might normally only have time to record once or twice a month but it's very important to them and they have a, you know a large following and they're very devoted to it which podcasters tend to be which is a great quality of great podcasters of which there are many so I'm going to offer my, my audio and uh, video services to them so um, you can look forward to I would say a semi or two podcasts per month mostly Star Wars but some other commentaries again kill bell children of men uh both in the mix dr strange will coming up i'm sure we'll get reaction after avengers <clears throat> ethan uh doing video games although you know he also likes talking about star wars and marvel as well so that'll come up um and do some more quickies and pompa bizzle's coming on to do some meta podcasts about we're going to start with our, our favorite 10 badass uh female actresses in hollywood so they don't necessarily need to be like that always badass killing people a lot of them you know uh, express that side of badassness at some point like you know black widow and gamora but you know actors like Scarlett Johansson and Zoe Saldana I've been following for many years based on performances that were badass performances just as a dramatic slash comedic actresses um, and now that they're action stars it's even better so look forward to top 10 female badasses from me and Papa Bizzle we're definitely doing season 3 of Daredevil he's just been sick for months and can't get rid of a cold we would have been doing it by now uh, but we're definitely going to do season 3 of Daredevil which we both just love to death and he's much as season one of Daredevil has very few, you know, real flaws and is a good origin story for someone who's sick of origin stories. And season two, I mean, it is right below Jessica Jones. Uh, season one for me and just enjoyment i love electra I, I love all the characters they add obviously frank castle we love the punisher we might do a punisher commentary but we're definitely gonna do daredevil season three because we're really into <laughs> we're, we're we're bothered but fascinated by the messianic complex of matt murdoch but it gets completely flipped when he's almost dead and loses all confidence in himself and humanity in season three which is what you need for your heroes to get back on top is to go through that horrible existential crisis captain america is going through it all the time um, because that's just who he is, but it informs why he's the most powerful. You know, he'll always take 
the punches. Um, and so um, I hope you all enjoy, if you're Star Wars fans, <laughs> all the news coming out of Celebration, I will be trying to drop some, uh, you know, short little video clips, audio clips, photos, and so forth, meeting people, and just the scene there, um, uploading it to probably my Facebook account. So get to facebook.com slash bizzlecast because, well, my personal Facebook account, like all my friends have gone silent because it's nonsense of Facebook. Uh, it's still a good place for me to post my group. Um, I'm going to start populating the YouTube channel as well and looking for some other places. Currently working on my website, so making moves on all fronts. But do not fret. The Bizzlecast, the Awkward Controllers, and other podcasts shall continue. So I'm extremely pumped for Celebration. I'm not going to run through everything. You can look up at line. It's literally everyone cool and involves Star Wars from top to bottom. Authors, painters, artists, musicians, actors, voice actors, video games game actors, video game producers, movie producers, like everyone. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind a little bit, um, but just have a great time with such a family, fun, positive experience, which really neat in this world. Um, and only Disney can do it. And that's why I'll keep defending Disney, even though the Fox merger has caused lots of problems in my own brain about some of the stuff I would try to defend with Disney. But you know what? I'm a Star Wars guy. And as long as Lucasfilm under Kathleen Kennedy and whoever her sex successor is. I suspect it's Dave Filoni, but we will see. Um, head of the animated division. He might be too much of a creative, not one responsibility. I wouldn't blame him at all. Um, but, who, you know, as a story group, there is an executive committee and Lucasfilm has tons of autonomy. I mean, Lucasfilm not only has the most autonomy of all the Disney studios because Rogue One and <laughs> what Kylo does to Rey numerous times, you don't see that in anything else. Maybe like for two seconds implied in Beauty and the Beast or whatever um, in Disney. Uh, so they have the most creative autonomy. Uh, they have the most financial autonomy. Uh, they have the most marketing autonomy, but they're still ultimately under Disney. Uh, but as long as they can keep doing what they're doing, I don't know how the comic book stuff's going to shake out. I'm sure Pixar will keep churning out good movies. They're going to keep making ridiculous live-action remakes of, you know, Lion King and Aladdin, both of which I'll see and probably like. Definitely Lion King. I really like Beauty and the Beast and not being someone who loved the, car the classic cartoon. That was the least favorite of the Renaissance cartoons in the early mid-90s. I like Little Mermaid. Uh, Aladdin the most and then Lion King the Beauty and the Beast but I thought Emma Watson and uh, the whole cast did a great 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 job uh, with Beauty and the Beast so you know but I'm not a Pixar guy and like I said I'm, I'm ready to take a little break from the comic books and get full on into Star Wars um, but still going to be talking video games going to be doing a more podcast about writing and public speaking and making change in politics without hopefully getting too offensive but I can't promise anything um, because I'm a very, 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 very liberal progressive guy. Um, but I try to be fair in my analysis. So we will see as things get closer to 2020, leading up to finally the presidential election. Uh, so that could be a part of the mix too. So thank you so much. I kept this just under 30 minutes. Uh, I'm probably going to put my Rogue One intro in front of this. It, it, I probably will have done that because I haven't done it in a while. Uh, so. Uh, just around 30. Thank you for sticking with me. Stay to the Bizzlecast. Four years in... 
Um, you guys have been amazing. I look forward to more. So I have been the Bizzle. You guys have been super awesome today and through all the days, months, and years. And uh, may the force be with you. Um, and for now, the Bizzlecast is out. But I'll be back to uh, back to from the Star Wars celebration, baby. <laughs>